from depression to diabetes to obesity and addictions. Our medical problems are climbing and are now at epidemic rates. This is why I started this podcast, Your Health Transformed, to educate you, to teach you, so we can all learn how to combat these increasing medical problems and live well again and become transformed. I am your host, Dr. Franchelle Hamilton, bariatric surgeon, and have seen these medical problems and treated them firsthand. I am now on a journey to help transform health, not just band-aid it. So thank you for listening and going on this journey with me and all of my guests on Your Health Transformed. Dr. Franchelle Hamilton, and you're listening to the podcast, Your Health Transformed. I'm actually really excited to talk to Nicole Lambeau because I have not had a guest kind of talk about this topic. When When I first met her online, one of the things that caught me was the question, should I pay for food? rent or medicine. And with that, I was like, I'm sold because that is one of the questions that I have. That's one of the questions a lot of my patients have. So I'm really excited to bring Nicole on the show so we can talk about this. So Nicole, thank you so much for being on the show. I'm super excited to talk about some of the inequities in healthcare in this country. And please introduce yourself and tell everybody what you do. So thank you so much for having me. Um, My name is Nicole Lamoureux. I am the president and CEO of the National Association of Free and Charitable Clinics. And we have 1,400 free or charitable clinics around the United States of America. We're in all 50 states. And we provide access to quality, equitable health care to people who do not have insurance or people who are underinsured, because again, that is a huge inequity in our country where people have a card in their pocket, but they can't see a doctor or they can't afford their medicine. And that's what our clinics do is we step in. We are really the net below America's health care safety net. We're the people who are here to help people really get connected to their care that they need where they are, not where we want to be. And I think that is one of the most beautiful things about free and charitable clinics is that we're not the place that if you have diabetes, we're going to help you from point A to point B, then all the way to Z to get you taken care of. We just don't leave you hanging. And I think that um, people don't even know that we exist. We're America's best kept kept healthcare secret, even though I don't want us to be. I was going to say, like, (laughs) no, no one knows you. it exists because I didn't know it existed. And I need to know, and a lot of providers needs to know this existed. It's like one of the things we don't want to keep a secret. There's so many people in this country that's struggling. It's like, where have you been all our lives? It's so funny because I also work part-time, I take call in the emergency room, right? And so I see all these patients who have all these diseases that, to be honest, you can't really treat. I mean, there, you do almost like an acute treatment, and then they just kind of go. And honestly, like, because I also do chronic condition management, it's almost like an oxymoron when I have, like, my chronic care management hat dealing with my obesity patients in my clinic, and then when I take call in the ER, because it's like, 
I want to help them so bad, but the way the structure, it's the healthcare system. I'm an employee when I go in exactly. and I can't, there's nothing I can do. Here's the diabetic medication or your, here's IV hypertension medication because you're 200 over and follow up with your PCP. You know right. what I'm saying? Who they may or may not have insurance. We don't know. You know what I'm saying? And then we kind of send them off on the way. So how did this all start for you? Like I'm First of all, hat, hands off, you know, and, and top, top hat off to you guys, because Thank this you. is an amazing solution. And I'm really shocked that it's not more well known. I'm in Texas. And so mm-hmm. you guys are all over the 50 states. And I had no clue. I could be sending my ER patients to these, these clinics. So absolutely. Tell, tell me where it started. So, well, there's two, two ways it started. So first in 2001, uh, there were a small group of free clinics across the country in 2001 and the FDA was making a rule. So the federal drug administration was making a rule that no longer could free clinics give out samples to their patients that, you know, samples of drugs to get them from the appointment to where we could find the medicine for them. And there was an open hearing in Washington, D.C., and these three or four um, clinic directors, they didn't understand that really in Washington, D.C., that doesn't mean you come and talk. They already picked the experts. They've got a panel. So they, and I'm not lying, they busted into the room and just started talking about how this was so inequitable, how they need to change it, and they won. The, they, So what happened after that was from 2001, 2007, volunteers ran this entire organization. And then they said that they needed someone to kind of come and lead the organization and see what we could do. And I was lucky enough that they hired me and it meant the world to me because at that same time in my life, at 33 years old, I was diagnosed with inflammatory breast cancer. Mm-hmm. I was doing a really great job of making rich people richer here in Washington, D.C. Yeah. I had great insurance. And when I heard that I had cancer, I remember saying to my mom and dad, where do people who don't have insurance go? Where, where do people? And their answer was, we're both teachers. So you got to look that up and learn. And I finally realized that after I had to clean out my 401k, even though I had insurance because my treatments were so much that there needed to be someone to work with these clinics to advocate. So I started in 2007 with the group. I was the only staff member that they ever had. And that was 75 clinics. And now we have 1400 clinics. And the, the, the really the catalyst behind it is communities helping communities, neighbors helping neighbors. And when people would talk to somebody in the grocery store or in church, and a doctor would hear the story just like yourself and say, well, there's got to be a better way that I can help them. And they started working with libraries and rotary clubs and fire departments and building clinics all across the country. And doctors come and volunteer their time with us. Wow. So the way it works is you guys don't you guys set up a clinic in any almost like pre-existing structure. Is that what you guys do? And then so, set up like a time, like at office hours almost. So it speak. can be almost any way. So I'll just okay. tell you again, because it's the community's response to the healthcare need in that area. So we have those 1400 clinics that I talked to you about are 1400 buildings, brick and mortar. Doctors go there every day. And people make regular appointments, like a regular doctor's office. We're no different than going to our primary care doctor. And then in some communities, what we're seeing right now after the hurricane uh, in Florida is that 
um, people, doctors take backpacks and they go out to the communities and uh, they really help people yeah. who are, you know, unhoused or people who don't have help, yeah. they don't know where to go. And then we have mobile units that actually travel to different communities to provide healthcare. And it all depends on where you're located. And then one-offs, obviously we used to set up uh, the world's largest doctor's office in a convention center. And we would see patients on that day, an initial screening, and then we would get them connected to one of the clinics that they could go and see the doctor on a regular basis. So for us, it's like you were talking about in the ER, that must be so difficult for you to have to see a patient that you can look and see and know as a doctor, because you know, Correct. they've got so many other challenges, but you yep. got to help them with this one. Correct. Um, and so we serve as those resources. So now doctors can say, okay, here's a list of the clinics in your community you need to go to one of those. Even some of our, our clinics are connected directly with the ER. So if a patient gets discharged, they automatically have an appointment at one of our clinics. Really? I will definitely yes. have to get more information because the ERs that I work at, we have 19 locations here in Texas. Oh and my I goodness. would love to be able to, a lot of our patients are uninsured, you know, I mean, uninsured, underinsured, like yes. you said. And so, you know, it's really unfortunate the way things run here. You only could do so much. And then you're right. It's it's really painful when I see people have to walk out and we can't fully treat them because they don't have insurance. That's the way the health system and in the emergency room, we can treat you without insurance if you essentially are like dying, like right. a true emergency. But the bulk of the things that come through the ERs now are sinus or they're run out of their medication or, you know, other things that believe it or not, just for the audience, it's not considered an emergency. Absolutely. So that's kind of the difference where we can, you know, draw the line. We can do some basic treatment, but then that's it. Everything else has to be covered some way, either out of pocket or um, cash. And so, wow, what an amazing story. And then amazing story that you had that inflammatory breast cancer, which for the audience is a really aggressive uh, breast cancer. So I'm a general surgeon board certified before I started doing um, mostly predominantly bariatric surgeries. And so I did a lot of breast cancer and that was actually one that was chemo and radiation because it was, it's just a very aggressive. So again, hats off to you for being able to kind of get through that. I'm, I'm excited to see the, the strides we've made actually one of the pros in healthcare as far as breast cancer, because more women are surviving now than ever before. So that was, I'm sure an experience for you. And then even for you who said you had great insurance, it just didn't cover all of the treatments and you had to deplete your 401k. To I did. Yeah. And, and it's heartbreaking because as I talk to patients every day and they have the same conversation that I had, it doesn't matter whether you have, um, you know, great insurance or little insurance. We take our health for granted in this yeah, country. I, I find hundred percent, you know, we wake up and if nothing's hurting, we're like good to go. Yeah. And then all of a sudden the day that somebody you love or that you get sick yourself, it becomes the number one priority for you. And so if you're uninsured, if you are a gig worker, if you're someone who thank the Lord for you, that was delivering the groceries and coming to our houses during COVID, it's always on your brain. Yeah. And if you're a parent, it's even on your brain even more because then you have to make that really hard choice with your children. Correct. I have only so much money. It can only go so far. Right. And now with inflation, it's going up more. Yeah. 
Exactly. Do I help myself? Do I help my child? Do I put food on the table? And that's why we're here. We're here to help you because also when you come to a free or charitable clinic, we will help you um, address other what is now called social determinants of health. Yeah, correct. I just like to call it. Um, we're going to be there to be help you find out if you need some food. We're going to help you find out a place to get some food. If you need some housing, we're going to help you find a place to get housing. Wow. If that's you don't amazing. know how to get to the clinic, everyone's you know, a lot of times or computers, everyone yeah. during COVID said, we'll just do a telehealth um, visit. Yeah. Well, no one thought about the inequity of that sentence yeah. and, and the audacity, frankly, of that sentence, because if you relied on the library to be the place where you did your work on the computer, you didn't yeah. have access to the library any longer. Yeah. If you don't, if you had a computer, but there was no Wi-Fi where you were in many of the rural areas, then that doesn't yeah, help you talk right. to your doctor either. So what some of our free clinics did was we set up hotspots in our parking lots, worked with the cities to get bus vouchers or um, Uber vouchers. Yeah. So not only could the parents get seen, but we also had um, people, senior citizens there to help mentor or help the children do their homework online Aww. because we had the Wi-Fi. When yeah. we look at a, a patient, because we're doctor-driven, doctor-run, um, our doctors challenge us to look at the whole person, Correct. all Correct. of the questions. Correct. And so that's why we're real excited to let people know we exist yeah. and where we are. Yeah, no, that is exciting because that's what I do in predominantly my like obesity treatment. Like I look at everything and I always tell the story of kind of what it triggered in my own brain because the typical Western medicine really doesn't treat like that. It just right. says that we're taught in med school to see the problem and treat the problem. And so it's really a shift for these doctors, um, like the ones you work with, like me, who yeah. kind of step outside of that and to focus on the whole patient, because it's like, you don't realize people who have these chronic conditions um, everything affects them. Their job right. affects them. They're, you know, they get stressed from the environment they're in. And it all, the, all that stuff contributes to their medical problems. I can't keep fussing at a patient to lose weight when they don't, they're in a food desert and they exactly. don't even have access to the healthy food that they need. There was one area where I set up a clinic. They had no gym. They had no nothing, like nothing. nothing. And so I sat there and I felt sorry, like, who, who am I to be like, do this, do that. And they don't even have access. They don't even know how to get access. So it really changed the way my, I always say my patients have changed the way that I practice medicine because in getting to know them, not just their disease, but I got to, I learned so much more on how to treat them, to be honest. And so I really like that concept where you guys meet people where you are and you look at everything because you have to, you can't give a diabetic patient a needle for insulin when he fearful of needles, you know, right. that's not going to work for him. I had that patient come to me, you know, and that he was labeled. It was very unfortunate, non-compliant. And I'm like, well, why aren't you taking? He's like, I have fear of needles. And I'm like, did your doctor know this? Like, <laughs> did they even talk to you? Like, why would they play you on? You know what I'm saying? And so it's imperative. So speaking of medications though, a lot of these people I'm sure come to you needing medications, where do you guys find those resources? Do you have people who donate? Do you have, do you have stuff on hand to be able to give samples? How does that work? Sure. It's, it's everything. And I think that's okay. such a great question because again, being told you have diabetes and then being told, oh, you have to go get insulin and you have 
no idea where to go or what to do. So again, it depends on the location of the, the clinic and how big the clinic it is itself. Many of our clinics have an on-site pharmacy or dispensary right there. So the patient doesn't even have to go anywhere else. If they don't, we have an agreement with a retail pharmacy that those patients can get the medicine for $4 or less. I keep okay. trying to get it for $0 because yeah. I feel like that's better. And then we have an online partner, um, RX Outreach is their name, and they can give you 90 days of medicine and it's usually nine or $10 and it gets mailed to you. And if you're someone who's unhoused, our clinics will serve as the place where they can give you, they'll, you can go get your medicine there from them. Um, they'll be your address for that amount of time. And I think that by coming up with different solutions for different patients, as you just talked about, and I thank you for being the type of doctor that you are. I, I genuinely thank you for that because the more we listen to each other, doctors listen to us, the patients, and we as the patients listen to our doctors, I find nine times out of 10, we can come up with a solution that will work. We just have to have the openness and willingness to do yeah. it. And you were willing to say, okay, how can I help you? Yeah. And I think that's important, especially when it comes to medicine, because I know that when I was going through my treatment, it's embarrassing to say you can't afford, afford your own medicine. You know, yeah. people seem to think, oh, everyone should afford everything or just go there and they'll, it'll be cheap. Well, not when you have, like I said, gas, food, you have to worry about your work. You have to worry about everything else. So again, we work with online. We have great partners. Also, there are companies that donate medicine and they get distributed right to our um, sites as well, because we find that any way we can help the patient where they are, the better way it can be. And it takes out that stigma that I feel like so many of us have felt that, well, I don't know where to go. If we can just kind of say, would you like us to do this for you? Yeah. It makes it easier for the patient, for myself and anyone else to stay compliant, as you said, yeah. um, it makes a big difference. But even on medication, um, again, one of the things that I think what has blown my mind is, you know, we all get little pill bottles and it just says day or night. But if you can't read, you don't know what yeah, that means. That's a good point. You know, that's if, if you, and, and so having the sun and the moon on prescription bottles, but we also will make actual pill boxes for our patients. So they understand when to take it. And then they just bring the pills back to the clinic. And then the doctor can talk to them about that. Um, there's so many things we don't take, we don't take into consideration when yeah. the CDC came out with all of their information on COVID, um, we had to rewrite so many of those documents because yeah. it was written at a PhD level for, for you, for like really smart right. doctors like yourself. And so what we ended up doing and many in the safety net was taking that and, and making it more at that fourth, fifth, sixth grade yeah, reading exactly. level. Exactly. So people can look at it real quick, understand what they're supposed to do and move on. Yeah. I think that's important too. Yeah, I, I also agree. Did you guys during that give out like free vaccines too? And we did. Other, yeah, we, not only did we give out free vaccines, but again, making sure it was um, equitable. We took a look at all 1400 um, of our clinics and looked at the providers that were giving the shots in the locations they were giving the shots and made sure that we had providers that looked like our patients that could talk yeah, to our patients correct. because so many different people had concerns about yeah. about the vaccine. Distrust. And distrust in the healthcare system. Yeah. I think you're exactly right. And I think that the more we say it, the more we can uncover it. I so agree. we 
started saying, okay, we need more black providers here. We need right. more Latino providers here. We need providers that speak Urdu here. And yeah. we had to reshift everything we did. But you know what else that we did was we started setting up sites at bus stops, yeah. at um, places where people went, they picked up their groceries. Because again, if you don't have enough money to get to the clinic where you need to be, yeah. then you're not going to get vaccinated. So we found ways to bring vaccines to people. But we also didn't get any of the masks or the gloves from the federal government or from the national stockpile mm -hmm. um, because we're outside of the Medicare or Medicaid system. Um, and so we didn't get any of that. So instead, what we did was the amazing public and private partnerships, individuals who would find masks and ship them yeah. to our office and we would pack them up and send them out to our clinics. Yeah. But then we'd had companies that stepped up and said, let us help you. Yeah. And I think that um, one of the things about healthcare in our country is it's so broken um, that we all have an opportunity to make it better, even in some tiny little way. Yeah. Um, I wish, I know you must wish, I wish, I know my, my doctors wish we could all wave a magic wand and fix yeah, it. I know. Right. I know. And, and, and it's interesting that you brought up like, because you didn't were under the Medicare and Medicaid window that you didn't get the government um, distribution for these things. You have yeah. someone who has 1400 clinics seeing patients for free and the government did not provide aid in this situation. I mean, I'm, I'm just going to stop there. I don't think I need to say anything else about that, but that's the way this healthcare system, that's part of the reasons that it's broken, you know? Absolutely. And so thank gosh for the private sector who kind of stepped up to aid in this, that what you're doing reminds me a lot of mission work. I don't do it as much anymore, but I look forward to getting back at that. Once you start having kids, you can't go to different countries, you know what I'm saying every month or so, but it, it was, I remember that's the reason why I went into medicine and somewhere along the way, when I came back and would be doing kind of my normal um, stuff, I would, I would lose that. And so I would often go back because I'm at, to remind myself, why am I doing this? Why am I here? And I would go and I would do it for free. You know, obviously yep. we operate for free. We did everything for free and the people were so appreciative of that care and you know so gratitude they just cook for us that's or they would knit something for us and I remember having such the best time when I would go on uh, and do those mission trips and then I would come back and then be in my normal day-to-day -day life and start getting so angry at the way yes. the healthcare system was and so what you're doing almost reminds me of my mission trips that I used to do that I love doing that I really need to get back into and so I'm so glad that concept has been created here. I mean, I think doing this is the start of something. And so again, like hats off to you and the organization. And I'm really excited to be able to get this word out. So for people, you say it's community, right? Yes. But is there a way for people to look this up or do they just have to rely on somebody in the grocery store to tell them or? Nope, just like I told you, we're gonna, we're gonna do it for you. So our website okay. is nafcclinics.org. And you can go right to that website mm -hmm. and right the first thing that'll pop up is if you enter your zip code or your hometown, okay. click a button and it'll tell you the clinics that are in a five mile radius from you, a 10 mile radius from you, whether you're a patient or you'd like to volunteer. We have okay. all of that information for you right there. And I think that's the, the biggest thing I can tell people is we're here to help. And so if you don't know the answer and you can get on our website, we'll help you find yeah. a doctor in your area. We'll help you find the medicine you need, but we try to put it right out front 
just nafcclinics.org. And there you go, type in your zip code or your hometown and it'll pop okay. up for you. Okay. That's great. That's great information. Thank you so much for being on the show and sharing this invaluable um, information. Probably one of the best ones I've did and it will help so many people. Thank you so much for running it. Thank you for so much for believing it and helping so many people. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. I hope this message continued to empower you and inspire you to continue on your health transformation journey. Thank you for listening and please subscribe or download if you like what you're hearing. The goal is to continue to inform you and educate you as you transform on your healthcare journey and show you different paths to take in order to get you to your goal. Until next time, thank you.